Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This historic investment infrastructure. We have finally reached the finish line. We need to do much more. Senate Democrats want to take their next big step toward playing Russian roulette with our country. Young children should be going back to school without masks. Using children as pawns. The decision for the parent. The best way I can help now is if I step aside. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Wednesday. The best thing he can do is step aside. <laughs> yeah, like a year and a half ago. <laughs> you know, what's uh, interesting about this, there are a lot of people now asking, okay, why two weeks? What do you have to do that you've got to wait two weeks? Cover up. Well, that's what a lot of people are asking. Uh, Cuomo announced yesterday he was going to resign as of 14 days from yesterday. Um, one individual I said I was a little taken back that he said his resignation is effective in 14 days. It may be overly cynical, but I believe that Andrew Cuomo was a person of mischief. That was from the Southern District New York U.S. Attorney Preet Braha. He said that he trusts that Cuomo will leave office, but said two weeks is a long time and that the new governor, Kathy uh, Hochul has been Hochul, which I guess is Hochul, has been getting ready to take over for a long time. They knew this was coming. Um, now, according to a Cuomo advisor, he said the governor is staying on to help with the transition as Hochul uh, is going to be taking over the uh, governorship during a very difficult time. Well, it's a difficult time, Gov, because you were there. <laughs> if you'd leave, it'd probably be a whole lot less difficult. Oh. This is going to be interesting next few weeks, months. Um, and if anyone's out there uh, would like to sponsor the Cuomo Family Crime Report, Daily Crime Report on the show, I'm sure advertising would be happy to look for sponsors. But I think it's going to be a daily thing. Would you hear the uh, Tappan Zee Bridge? They redid it and renamed it for his dad, Mario Cuomo. Mm-mm. And uh, But now they want to undo that. Ah, what's Mario got to do with it? Well, I guess it's the family, the family name. It is. It's... The, the, the sins of the son have been visited upon the father. <laughs> so yesterday we spent a good deal of time talking to Corey Scott, the manager of the Greenville Little League's Tar Heel 12-year-old All-Star team. Really got a lot of feedback on that uh, interview. Uh, thank you for the comments. And one of our listeners sent me a story that I was not aware of. I actually sent this to Corey. He said he just heard about it. But... And, and again, just to back up to make the if you, if you haven't heard, although if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard, the Greenville All Stars were down in Warner, uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, in the district. I guess those are the regionals. I guess the districts are here and the regionals are down there. Mm-hmm. And they won the first game against West Virginia. They're getting ready to play the second game. I think it was against Florida. Um, one of the uh, players they said tested positive, a spit test. You spit into a uh, tube and they send it off and come back and say oh yeah he was positive you're out of here and, and literally as if you heard the and, and by the way the the interviews up on our uh, news and views website enc news and views the um but it, it the whole thing was just rather odd that they gave them no warning they said get out of the hotel right now can we get a second test nope can we get it and any they the as Corey said the young man and we don't know his name we don't want us to know his name but he, he Feels fine. He's doing great. He and his family are on vacation. 
He's tested three other times, and every test came back negative. But they said, nope, sorry, you're out of here, you're gone. Kids' hopes and dreams of a lifetime dissipated with a poor decision, in my estimation, by the Little League International. Now, I say all that to say KHON News from Honolulu is reporting the Honolulu Little, T- Little League team is currently 2-0 in the 2021 West, West Regional, which I assume is taking place out in California somewhere. The Honolulu Little League team will be without two players in its pursuit of the Little League West Regional title. A player on the Honolulu Little League team has tested positive for COVID-19, while another player on the team was unvaccinated. They played uh, who tested positive. Uh, this must be a misprint. Anyway, who tested positive along with the, uh, the, the player, this is what it's supposed to say, who tested positive uh, along with the uh, unvaccinated player will not be able to return for the rest of the tournament, which runs through Saturday. Meanwhile, the team's vaccinated players will not have to miss any time. All the latest reports from the Hawaii's sports station, uh, Honolulu Little League, is currently 2-0. and well, I already told you that. Anyway, so the question is, well, A, the question is, why is the rest of the team vaccinated? I mean, these are 12-year-old kids. The whole team is vaccinated? Mm, must be. <clears throat> I mean, Two. It's, it's only been recently that um, the government experts, and I use that t- term loosely, but it's only been recently that uh, they recommended someone under at that age get vaccinated. Yeah, I think it was with under 16, or was it under 18? Even? Yeah, but then they recently they backed it to lower that. But, I mean, that's been, like, really, really recent in the last week or so. Anyway, I called to Little League International – and the operator said, oh, yeah, let me talk to, uh, I'll let you talk to Dave Hausmack. He's in his office. And I, I, I just told her, I said, I'm, I'm with WTIB. I've got a question about your, your uh, protocols on kids that have COVID. That's all, all I said. I didn't ask any more specific than that. And guess what? He didn't pick up his phone. I got his answer machine. <laughs> Here's a shocker, isn't there? I thought she was going to say he hung up on you. Uh, no, no. Uh, he wouldn't even take my, my call. The, uh, but, but, I mean, this is, this is really curious. So Honolulu gets to stay, but Greenville gets the boot. So I wonder if they're going to say, if you're vaccinated, you get to stay. You know, they kind of did that in the NCAA. Well, here's, here's the other thing, though. With uh, NC State. By the way, hey, uh, Clark, see if you can get that video that you sent out earlier, that Dr. Dr. Dan Stocks and his presentation. That was the one that uh, you sent to to, uh, Benny and I earlier today. Okay. Um, Dr. Dan Stocks, who was highly qualified, go on ENC News and Views and you can can watch the video. he was addressing the Mount Vernon school system. I think it was up in New Hampshire. And, and, and this guy's an expert. But he made a great point. He said, look, your whole premise is wrong that if you get a vaccination, that somehow you will not spread the disease. And he, he actually told a story about years ago in the National Hockey League, some players— who weren't vaccinated with the measles for the measles came down with the measles and they ended up, I guess, tracing, where did you get it from? They ended up getting it from 
NHL players who had been vaccinated. And his point was, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you can't have the virus in you. You're not going to be suffering from the symptoms, but you can have the virus in you and you can actually spread it to other people. So this whole idea that I'm vaccinated, therefore I can't be a carrier is a crock. Yeah. You know, the inconsistency from public health and what is, quote, science and what is not science is so contradictory. It's just amazing. It's it's, you're supposed to laugh, I guess. But, you know, these morons have so much power. You got to cry instead. But uh, it won't stop here either. I I assure you that. Oh, no. No, you know, as I've said before, I think this is a testing ground for the next time to see how much can we get away with. But uh, anyway, you know, that's a that's a question that needs to be asked. uh, And I'll I'll try to pursue it. Maybe this Dave Hausmack will give me a call back. But why does Honolulu get to stay and Greenville had to go? And there was no mention there was no mention in any of the news reports that I've talked to that the kids being vaccinated was the qualification, but maybe that's the difference. Maybe the fact that the rest of the team had received their vaccination. I don't know. I, I think that was the excuse the NCAA gave when they, you know, pushed State out and made them forfeit against Vanderbilt and uh, and that type of thing. But uh, but again, it's it's a crock. It's I mean, according to this doctor Dan Stocks, it's a crock. So uh, anyway, um, we'll we'll continue to follow that and, and follow the. Um, situation with the lawsuit that's uh, taking place. I guess that's headed up by the uh, one manager from Texas who happens to be a certain... Was he from Texas? Texas or, from, or Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma. Oh, he's from Oklahoma. When, when right. Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa. T- Tulsa, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I uh, was in contact... I made contact with um, the producer for uh, Tucker Carlson. Oh. So I haven't heard back from him yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've attempted to reach out and touch him. We'll see if that anything happens there. He's a busy guy. I'm sure. Know? I'm sure. Of course, I'm sure the research team's always looking for yeah. Yeah. for news. Um, well, it's even more interesting that now that Honolulu is gets to stay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we got the boot along with seven other, along with six other teams. And maybe there's more today. Who knows? Uh, First and Freedom Daily. Just in case you were wondering, or in case you have to go visit the people's. Public Republic of Chapel Hill, um, Orange <laughs> County has followed the woke wake of uh, Durham, reinstituting indoor masks as of 16 minutes ago, five o'clock today. And Guilford County announced today. Oh, is that right? They I don't, did. I don't know okay. when it'll start, but uh, I saw Guilford County announce. So if today. you're going up to Orange County and you go indoors anywhere, you got to take a mask. Just, just saying. Uh, The North State Journal is reporting that the U.S. Census Bureau will release their first local-level results from the 2020 census tomorrow. States will use these uh, pieces of data to figure out uh, how they're going to (laughs) gerrymander. Now, you can't gerrymander if if you're controlled by Republicans, but for those states that are controlled by Democrats— they can ger- gerrymander. You know, gerrymandering was okay as long as the Democrats did it oh, for yeah. the last hundred years. Oh, yeah. But not, then when Republicans, you know, were at the controls, now it's gerrymandering. Yep. Now now it's by a bunch of racists. Who is Jerry, anyway? Always wondered. I think gerrymander <laughs> was actually like a 
takeoff of a salamander. It was just this uh, odd-looking creature. They actually drew the perimeter of one of these districts, and it, somebody named it a gerrymander. I actually thought it was someone from Durham County. <laughs> gerrymander. <laughs> uh, do you have that cut ready, Derek? That cut one? Yeah, all right. Um, WUSA. Washington, uh, D.C. TV station. They uh, reported and put this video up, and I think the video's been viewed now on social media probably some 20,000 times. Laura Morris, who is a Loudoun County, Virginia teacher, was speaking before the school board there. Now, again, all the crazies up there outside of D.C. and Loudoun County, this is where all the CRT stuff has been going on. It's there's a lot of transgender junk going on. She got up and addressed the school board of Loudoun County last night. And uh, among other things, she gets rather upset in this audio. But um, she makes it very clear that she's not going to put up with their nonsense anymore. My name is Laura Morris. I have been a teacher in Loudoun County Public Schools for five years and a teacher for 10. In that time, I have learned so much, being on the cutting edge of educational technology and working with a diverse population of students that I have loved. This year, I have the privilege to follow my amazing fourth graders up to fifth, and I have been excited about this all summer. On the other hand, this summer I have struggled with the idea of returning to school, knowing that I'll be working yet again with a school division that despite its shiny tech and flashy salary, promotes political ideologies that do not square with who I am as a believer in Christ. After reading about your lack of consideration for the growing population of concerned citizens in this division, clearly evidenced by this empty room tonight where you shut the doors to the public as well as the emails sent by the superintendent last year reminding me that a dissenting opinion is not allowed even to be spoken in my personal life going so far as to send a form to my colleagues and i encouraging us to fill it out if we hear one another speaking against the controversial policies being promoted by this school board and adopted in this county not only that but within the last year i was told in one of my so-called equity trainings that white christian able-bodied females currently have the power in our schools and that quote this has to change. Clearly, you've made your point. You no longer value me or many other teachers you've employed in this county. So since my contract outlines the power that you have over my employment in Loudoun County Public Schools, I thought it necessary to resign in front of you. School board, I quit. I quit your policies. I quit your trainings. And I quit being a cog in a machine that tells me to push highly politicized agendas on our most vulnerable constituents, the children. I will find employment elsewhere. I encourage all parents and staff in this county to flood the private schools. That was uh, Laura Morse as she resigned last night from the Loudoun County uh, school system in front of the school board. Uh, You know... She is, I, I, I don't know her personally, but she sounds like a caring, conscientious individual who would be a great find for any school system. I don't think she'll have any trouble finding another job mm-hmm. at a private school or she can move to another <clears throat> public school area, perhaps. And she's been you know, a teacher for 10 years, she yeah. said, so yeah. five in that school system. So here you go with someone that may mm-hmm. leave education in general. 
over this. The she wasn't the only person that spoke, but I mean, it's it's disturbing how liberals again they always want to brag about how tra- transparent they are, and yet they closed the doors to the public at the school board meeting. Now again, is this because they were trying to hide something? I'm sure they didn't. I, I'm sure that wasn't what they advertised. That we're shutting the doors because we're trying to hide what we're doing. I'm sure they used COVID as the reason why you can't come to this meeting. And and they might use the excuse. I believe it was Loudoun County, Virginia school board that had um, parents really kind of go after individually the school board members. And, oh yeah. And I mean they were just going after things that they said in public. So it's not like uh, you know. <laughs> Hey, if you're going to say it, hey, own it. But yeah. uh, they, they probably use that as an excuse, too, so they wouldn't have have to deal directly with uh, the, the people who vote for them. L- Loudoun County is, is just west. Right outside of D.C. Just west of D.C., like west of D.C.? Southwest, I think. South, yeah. yeah. The uh, other parents who chimed in, one said, I'm a Christian mom. I believe that what God said, how he created male and female, respect just everyone as we should respect everybody. But I'm also here to talk about H.B., because now that boys and girls are allowed to mix in bathrooms, my daughter might not be safe in any of those bathrooms. Gee, you think? <laughs> you know, there was a story out the other day talking about how, you know, now these transgender males, biological males who say they're females, in the prison system in California are, um, and there's several hundred males and there's hundreds more that have applied for this where they say oh yes i'm a female i want to go over to the female prison and you know idiot newsome is say yeah it's a good idea let's do that so now in the prison systems there nothing's going to happen because these are they're essentially they're females so mm-hmm. you have females with females essentially right but just one has an uncle albert and the other one doesn't but at the same time, what they're doing, while they're saying nothing's going to happen, they're also handing out condoms to everybody. Huh. Hmm. Now, why would you do that if they're all females? Well, Make good I, for balloons or something? I mean, just... I hate the thought of even being in prison, but I'd have to say I'd probably have to do that myself because I think I'd fare better over on the female side than the male side. <laughs> I'd take my chances anyway. But, I mean, you talk about... I mean, and these are the mm. same people that you know talk about inhumane treatment of people, and yet you're putting in, in some cases, rapists and murderers. Oh yeah, in with the female population, and I, 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 and I mean, you're putting them in the same cell. Yeah. And then the state will be paying for a gender reassignment surgery before you know it. Yeah. You know. Well, in California, they probably are. And, and you'll be paying for it because you're going to be bailing out California. Um, in addition to what's going on in Loudoun County, a mother in Atlanta filed a federal discrimination complaint against an elementary school alleging the school segregated students based on race. This is bizarre. <laughs> We've lost sleep trying to figure out why a person would do this, said Kayla Posey, who was black. She told that to WSB-TV. First, it was just disbelief that I was having this conversation with this person that looks just like me. They're black. It's segregating classrooms. You cannot segregate classrooms. You can't do it. My community, had they known about this, would probably be extremely upset, not just the black parents, but also the white parents. 
Posey said the practice was put into place at Mary Lynn Elementary School by the principal, Sharon Briscoe, who was also black. Posey explained that black students were put in two classes with two different teachers, while white students were put in six classes with six different teachers. She found out about the segregation when she asked Briscoe to place her child with a teacher who she thought would be a better fit. She said, that's not one of the black classes. And I immediately said, what do you mean? I asked for more clarification. I was like, wait a minute, we have those in this school? And she proceeded to say, yes, I've decided that I'm going to place all black students in two classes. The principal reportedly told another mother that her child would be isolated if they were put into a white class. I explained to her she shouldn't be isolated or punished because I'm unwilling to go along with your illegal, unethical practice. And by the way, this is illegal. I mean, Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 uh, strictly prohibits this. Now, a reason was never given that we know of, but the Atlanta public school system, they came out and they said, well, we don't condone this and we've, we're taking care of it. Have you ever noticed that? that they'll, oh, oh, we'll take care of it. Uh, just you, you go away. We'll take care of it. We're in charge. We know what we're doing. Then why did you hire this woman to begin with? And listen, I'm, and now I, I, I say that I didn't, there wasn't a full explanation. The, the principal said, well, we think this is better for the kids is basically all the explanation that was given. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to sound skeptical, but something nefarious, a.k.a. CRT, seems to be going on here. I, now, it's yeah. speculation on my part. But. Yeah, it's something. But, you know, if you're, a, if you're a school board member of a private school across the country, you better be planning on long-term strategic planning of yeah. increasing your school. Yeah, <laughs> because big time. I, you know, this, this craziness... People are just going to absolutely leave public schools that can afford it. Well, the other issue, too, is, and by the way, related to that, and I'll talk about a little bit more detail, but uh, related to um, COVID and masks, um, down in Florida, they have said parents will help you with tuition to a private school if you are forced into a situation that you don't want to deal with in the public school system. Now, that's Ron DeSantis. Mm. That's in Florida. But there'll be a lot of people maybe thinking, well, I thought about going to Florida anyway. This might be a good, good time to do it. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. From the governor on down to the city council, we've got your updates on all things COVID and more. For the latest on the outbreak. On Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now, back to news and views. Take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Partly cloudy, low around 75. Tomorrow, another hot one. Heat index as high as 105 with lots of sunshine. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy, low 75. Friday, not quite as hot. There is a slight chance of an afternoon thunderstorm passing through. Friday night, partly cloudy, low on 75. And uh, Saturday, a better chance of thunderstorms both Saturday and Saturday night. But uh, otherwise, hot and sunny. I'm ready for fall. You know, I hate to see the days shorten, and I like summer, but I have to admit, I love the weather of fall. The only thing I don't like about it is winter follows fall. Yeah. (laughs) The Carolina Journal is reporting. You all remember the immoral Money Monday protest starring the Mardi Gras float with feet, Wee Willie Barber. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, remember, in fact, I think it was actually started back when Tom Tillis was still the Speaker of the House. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. I think it was when the Republicans he, first took control of the General Assembly, I believe. Because he was uh, blocking Tillis's office. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Tillis? All by himself. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he stretched out across Saunders Street. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, re- I remember talking to Sadie at the time saying, look, just set up a buffet outside and you can get him out of the office. <laughs> but I think Tillis actually, didn't he go, didn't he go out and buy them all pizza one time? <laughs> and uh, thought maybe there would be a little. Of course, nobody else got any, but uh, twenty for Willie, one for everybody else. <laughs> anyway, um, he was arrested for, among other offices, blocking Tillis's office and and blocking the hallways and couldn't get anything done. And he would start chanting and singing and hollering and really trying to present mayhem and. Uh, so he was charged. He was arrested, and now his. Uh, well, they're they're trying now. They're now before judges, and uh, his attorney is saying that uh, he's saying you ought to let him off on a legal tech, technicality that um, he didn't trespass, and his First Amendment rights were violated in this <laughs> trespassing charge. His attorney, Scott Holmes, also contended that a technical violation should have prevented the case from reaching the Superior Court in the first place. However, State uh, Deputy Attorney General Matthew Tolchin countered that Barber had been charged and convicted because of illegal conduct, not because of speech linked to his First Amendment rights. The state also downplayed Holmes' technical argument. This case is not about the First Amendment. It's about basically getting in the way, trespassing, and uh, causing mayhem. And, yes, he would be a, a large body to get around. <laughs> Do you remember the, um, <clears throat> I think it was the late 80s, early 90s, Eddie Murphy movie, Coming to America? Yes. There was a character in there that was a, that Eddie Murphy was playing a preacher at the, at the little fundraiser night or whatever. He reminds me of a fat version of that character. <laughs> Clark, if you can get that up. <laughs> I, I remember the movie Coming to America. I don't remember the preacher. Uh, but uh, It was know, one of Eddie Murphy's uh, many characters. Many characters in that movie. <laughs> By the way, Jason Whitlock has got a great piece out. And uh, Clark, here's another one you can put up on our Facebook page. Uh, the Jason Whitlock piece that uh, Benny sent over earlier today. Uh, he's, it's the pieces about, you, you've probably heard bits and pieces of it, but there was a, um, the Miami team was in Colorado playing the Colorado Rockies and a, the name of the mascot in Colorado is Dinger. Mm. And there was a grandpa there with his kids and he was calling out for Dinger to come over to get a picture with his grandkids. Which, I mean, you know, those kids think that's why they have the mascots, right? Because so, they want to have something for the kids. So anyway, the grandpa was saying, Dinger, Dinger. And somebody thought that he was shouting the N-word. And in fact, the Colorado Rockies administration first came out and they were going to escort this guy out. Maybe they did. And uh, they went back and realized, oops, we really blew it. 
he wasn't saying the N-word. He was calling for the mascot. I've seen the video with the audio. <laughs> he was clearly, was not even looking at the direction of the player, looking at the mascot, and you could clearly hear him saying dinger. I well, mean, the player that was coming up to bat at the time was a guy named Lewis Brinson. He plays for the uh, Florida Marlins. And never heard of him till today. <laughs> well, that's the that's the point of Jason Whitlock's story here. He and at the time when he was coming up to the plate, he didn't even hear this guy, this grandpa calling out for the mascot. He didn't even hear it. It wasn't until it made the news, and he said he went back and watched the audio or watched the video and listened to the audio some fifty times, and said, "Oh yeah, he was clearly saying the n word." <laughs> What an idiot. Well, Jason Whitlock had just come out and said, come off it. I mean, first of all, he said what you just said. It wasn't even close. But then Jason Whitlock makes a great point. Had you, would you have heard about Colin Kaepernick if it wasn't for the fact that he took a knee and made all the stuff? I mean, he would have just, you know, if you're in San Francisco and you followed the 49ers, you probably remembered the name. You might have remembered the name. But otherwise, the only reason you think about him or hear about him is because of his protest. Uh, he also talked about uh, Bubba Wallace. Remember him? He was a NASCAR mm-hmm. racer. And I, don't, I think Bubba Wallace was actually, as, as I remember that story, I don't think he ever accused anyone. But somebody said because Bubba Wallace is a black NASCAR—in fact, I think he's the only black NASCAR racer uh, driver— and. Um, there was a rope hanging off the garage that they used to pull the garage door down, and uh, it was just a rope hanging there. Yeah, it was a rope. <clears throat> if you say it was a noose, you're an idiot. It was a rope. But somebody tried <laughs> to make a, a deal about it that, oh, oh, this is, this is a racial issue because he's a black NASCAR driver, and uh, this is a threat that we're going to take you out and hang you. Um, he also talked about uh, Jesse Smollett. Juicy Smollett, yeah. And the <laughs> bottom line of this is, look, these people that aren't really star value that you hardly ever hear about. And, and by the way, just to make it real clear, if you're not familiar with Jason Whitlock, this guy is, I love his writing. He's a conservative black man who writes a sports column. And he often gets into this kind of, I mean, sometimes it's just pure sports. But he looks at it with a critical eye. And, uh, you know, he's just saying, you know, this is this is fool's gold if you think that you're going to take this and turn this into riches. But this is, I mean, what he's uh, saying. Some have, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you look at Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Well, you know, we talked about last week about Colin Kaepernick. <clears throat> we, I, I think it was in relation to the... Uh, the, the the hammer throw story you know the 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 chick with the weird right. weird lips and anyway um it, it's these pl- it's these players or athletes that are either washed up or no one heard, has ever heard of they're using race they're they're going to be up jumping for the 30 race seconds hustle. of fame cause it proves Colin Kaepernick proved it you know he he hustled race and Nike signed him to a big fat contract for it so you know, it pays. It, well, they're overplaying their hand, and there's only so many. I mean, how many race hustlers are you going to endorse and give a million-dollar contract to? <laughs> I like what Jason Whitlock said. He said uh, he said something to, to the tune of, like, uh, you know, the, the dumbest people in America can never get rich doing this. Uh, just look at Ben Crump, Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
<laughs> the attorney for, uh, yeah. as he calls him, Sir George Floyd. Yeah, he, he's he's the guy that's running all over the country. In fact, he, he came up to uh, Elizabeth City oh, yeah. trying to cash in on that deal. Hey, we're going to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. At the beginning of the program, we were talking about uh, the situation with the Greenville Little League, how they got the boot and um, had to come back to Greenville. And yet Honolulu, their Little League team, is still in the mix, even though both teams had an individual that tested positive for COVID-19. I mentioned when we were talking about that story, this Dr. Dan Stocks, who came before the Mount Vernon School Board just recently. In fact, by the way, I think this has been taken off a lot of the social media. You can find the full video of this on our ENC News and Views website. But I mentioned what he said, and uh, our producer Clark Willis has managed to grab this and find it. But he's talking here about the fact that the idea that somebody is vaccinated, that they can't spread the virus, is a myth. This is Dr. Dan Stocks. Therefore, there is no reason for treating any person vaccinated any differently than any person unvaccinated. You should also know that no vaccine, even the ones I support and would give to myself and my children, ever stops infection. In 2014, there was outbreak of mumps in the National Hockey League. The only people who came down the symptoms were the people who were unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status. Boy, that sounds like a great argument for vaccines. But a question that you should ask yourself, knowing that half of the people who came down with symptomatic disease had no contact with an unvaccinated or unknown vaccine status individual, where did they get the disease? And the answer was from the vaccinated individuals. No vaccine prevents you from getting infection. You get infected, you shed pathogen. This is especially true of viral respiratory pathogens. You just don't get symptomatic from it. So you cannot stop spread. You cannot make these numbers that you've planned on get better by doing any of the things you're doing, because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens. And you can't prevent it with a vaccine because they don't do the very thing you're wanting them to do. And you will be chasing this the remainder of your life until you recognize that the Center for Disease Control and the Indiana State Board of Health are giving you very bad scientific guidance. And instead, read okay. the articles that are going to come on the email. So, so on this the, the point that he is making, the point that I wanted to make here is the idea of getting the vaccine is good because if you get the disease, you get the virus, your symptoms aren't going to be nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. But you'll still have the virus in your system, and yeah. you can still mm-hmm. pass it on to somebody else. Well, the CDC's website, I mean, I just looked at it. I mean, it says that you can – it doesn't prevent infection. I mean, it, it says that on the website. It's minimizing the symptoms. Yeah. So you can survive it. But you're going to pass it on, and you're going to get it. But here again, where you go, and, and I'd say politicians more than public health officials, but there, there are a lot of public health officials that are guilty because some of them, in Washington in particular, have become politicians. That's why they're, they're, they're confusing the American people by, you know, people 
have pretty good memories, and they remember when you say something so emphatically one day, and the next day you say something that's contradictory to that. Why? Why are you going to trust them? <laughs> you know, <laughs> why would you trust them anyway? Listen, I mean, this all, and we've been talking on the air and off the air. Sometimes I forget if the things we say on the air or, or, or anyway. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm anti-vaxxer at all. It's just that be honest with the American people. Thank you. I mean, July. Uh, President Biden, you know, repeated himself. If you get vaccinated, you will not have to wear a mask. That was the stupidest thing to say at that time. But, you know, it didn't surprise me. We've got to take another time out. When we get back, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Senate that passed this uh, boondoggle of a uh, $1.2 trillion, quote, infrastructure package. Um, The way the Republicans handled it is they did manage to force Democrats to vote on a lot of individual amendments. And actually, some of these were good, and they passed some. Uh, Some of the responses from the Democrats were laughable, though. We'll have that when we get back. From the governor on down to the city council. We've got your updates on all things COVID and more. For the latest on the outbreak. On Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now, back to news and views. So the Senate passed uh, phase one of the infrastructure bill, which is $1.2 trillion, And now they want to, the Democrats want to pass the $3.5 trillion. There's some question as to whether or not they will get that through the House and the Senate. Uh, so far, the Senate has voted pretty much in lockstep. And, of course, you had the 19 Republicans that uh, decided they were going to go along with that. You know, somebody was telling me earlier today the reason why that Tillis said that he was going to vote for the first part of it, the $1.2 trillion, is because they had a deal with Manchin and Cinema that if they passed that, they promised they wouldn't vote for the $3.5 trillion. So um, we'll see. Uh, boy, I tell you, that might be making a deal with the devil. I'm not sure. Well, regardless, I think um, I think West Virginia is going to have some nice roads and bridges oh, yeah. in the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Senate Republicans did, however, force Democrats to take some tough votes on issues ranging from critical race theory to abortion to fracking during the 14-hour voterama yesterday and today as they put up resistance to the budget resolution that opens the door for the Democrats to pass the $3.5 trillion spending plan. So the 1.2 is done, but now they're working on the 3.5. So some of the individual things that they actually brought up, one of those victories was an amendment from Tom Cotton supporting banning federal funds from backing critical race theory in schools. Joe Manchin voted with the uh, Republicans in favor of this. So um, this actually passed that would, um, you, they, they, they voted. But here's the thing. So you had 49 Democrats that think it's a good idea to teach critical race theory in schools. 49 U.S. Senators. <clears throat> think it's a good idea. I, yeah. We keep saying, Bernie Sanders keeps saying that uh, things that were once considered radical is now mainstream. Yeah. He's right. Senator Patty Murray. Now, this is, this is where it gets funny. Patty Murray came out and said the amendment was, quote, an attempt to force the federal government to interfere with local school districts' decisions. 
I, I saw that. I literally laughed out loud. This is the most liberal woman in the U.S. Senate. Well, maybe not the most liberal, but she's in the top five. And she would love to federalize the entire school system. She would mm-hmm. love the federal government to make every decision about everything in your local school system. And what does she say? Oh, we can't tell the local school system they can't <laughs> teach CRT. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Yeah, she just wants to be the one telling them, you know, along with the other Democrats, you know, what it is. Republicans forced Democrats to split on several other votes. Eight Democrats backed a proposal from Kevin Kramer from uh, North Dakota that would block the Environmental Protection Agency from banning fracking. Four Democrats voted for an amendment by John Boozman from Arkansas opposing any policies from the Department of Agriculture that would cut federal funding of fossil fuel plants. Four Democrats, both Nevada Senators and Senators Mark Kelly of Arizona and Maggie Hansen of New Hampshire, voted in favor of an amendment that supported more resources for deporting criminal aliens. Bill Hackerty introduced that amendment. All but nine Democrats voted in favor of an amendment from Dan Sullivan of Alaska that would support building renewable energy technology with parts that are made only in America rather than China. All Democrats, meanwhile, voted against an amendment from Chuck Grassley opposing changes some Democrats were asking for to reinstate the state and local SALT deduction, which provides tax relief to wealthy families in blue states. In other words, that SALT deduction, you used to be able to deduct your local taxes, and that was eliminated because basically we are underwriting states like New York and California. It's limited to $10,000. Yeah. But, what, I mean, what, what before it was— uh, Well, before it was unlimited unless you get into alternative minimum tax, but that's, you know, getting down in the weeds on that. But, <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, though, Senator—so that—Grassley's didn't pass— But Ron Wyden, the uh, liberal from Oregon, counterpunched introducing an amendment in favor of a progressive tax code in which wealthy pay more than their proportional share. No Republicans voted for that. But but weren't we told that pass this bill and you don't have to worry about any new taxes, right? Well, I think the Republicans and Tom Collins, I meant Tom Tillis, I keep calling him Tom Collins. Um, Maybe they once realized you cannot trust the Democrats. And I, I still don't think Manchin, they'll be able to trust Manchin on this thing. I just don't believe it. Nearly all Democrats, meanwhile, oppose an amendment from Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma supporting a ban on abortion of Down uh, Down Syndrome children. So, um, by the way, Susan Collins voted against that ban. Mm. Um, Manchin did join Republicans on that, but it did not pass. So you have basically all the Democrats and Susan Collins saying, yes, if a child has Down syndrome, kill it. I'm sorry, that's what they're saying. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. We'll see you then. Bye bye, everybody. All right. All right.